Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about is D and D. What, what was your title? My title is a little different than yours. I don't know. Is D and D the ambassador of all role playing games? So a while back, I was not too far, not too long ago, I was listening to another podcast, Fear the Boot, and one of the podcasters on that uh, program was lamenting that how D and D is instantly the the game that comes to mind when he mentions he plays role-playing game when he's talking about people who don't play role-playing games they go oh you play D&D and to him too many people think that D&D is the only role-playing game out there and he didn't really like that because he plays plays a lot of other games he might play D&D but I don't think he plays a lot of D&D so I was thinking about that and I go yeah I understand that kind of mentality when I say I play games people say well do you play oh well you play Monopoly I go no I play you know, so then I have a, I have this long, I have this long conversation about what games I play, like Ticket to Ride, and then I go from there to you know more deeper, more strategic games from Euphoria to something lighter like Kingsburg and Cry Havoc and all these other games that are out there. So I do the same for when people mention a ro- when I mention a role playing game where they mention that I mentioned that I play a role playing game, people say, oh, you play, you know, they might say you play D and D. And the funny thing is, is that when, even if they know that D&D exists, they have no concept as some people have no concept that what that actually is because they have either they've seen people playing Dungeons and Dragons on on TV shows or movies like, you know, a little bit of a, a, a they were playing Dungeons and Dragons in E.T., though it wasn't really mentioned, but obviously they're playing a role playing game and something like uh, Stranger Things. They were playing they weren't playing D&D, but they were playing a fantasy game. Or were they actually playing Dungeons and Dragons? They were playing D and D. Okay, so they were. Yes, yeah, I don't know if they mentioned it by name. It's obviously out there. And then of course there's a uh, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory, exactly. You can read my mind. Big Bang Theory, they play Dungeons and Dragons all the time on there, or at least you know they intimate that they intimate that they play that game. So I understand why people automatically think that role playing game is D and D. And this one guy was lamenting it because he's like, oh, you know. I, uh, why do why do they always pick D and D and 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 his problem was that that the only thing the only role playing game in existence is D and D. I don't know how upset he was. He didn't really wasn't really that upset, but he just didn't like it. And then another thing he he was talking about was Critical Role. He goes, Why did Critical Role choose D and D? They could have chosen any role playing game, but they chose D and D, and that even made it worse for him, right? Because then everybody, you know, not everybody, but quite a few people know what Critical Role is and an actual play or whatever and then D is the game they're playing so it, it brings people who are maybe interested in them because of their voice acting or or characters they used to play uh, in video games because they do a lot of voice act, act acting for video games so it brings people that may or may not know or play role-playing games to dungeons and dragons and so obviously i'm sure there's a lot of people who went to watch critical role and go oh that's what role-playing games are and D&D was what they were playing. So he was also lamenting that Critical Role was playing D&D where they could have chosen any other game. Well, it makes sense to choose, you know, D&D. D&D has been around for a long time. It's probably, you know, it's probably the most well-known RPG out there. And there's a lot of reasons for that. There, you know, the, the, early on, they were the first RPG uh, published. And, you know, they got that foot in the door and... And it became part of popular culture, you know, even in the in the 80s, even even with such things as the the, the satanic panic, you know, that put D&D 
newspapers. They didn't put any. They didn't put Traveler on the in the newspapers or RuneQuest or Space Opera or Gamma World. It was Dungeons and Dragons, and you know, could have been because there was the big demon on the cover. Yes, on the on the GM screen, there was a big demon, and then there was that big idol that they were they were, uh, you know, prying that that one guy was prying the gem out of the eyeball, and so there's all kinds of things that D and D has had in the past simply because it was the first role playing game to exist. What would they say about publicity? There's no such thing as bad publicity. So, you know, there's a satanic panic which led to that terrible movie called Mazes and Monsters with Tom Hanks. That. You can wa- I've never seen that movie. You can watch it on YouTube. The whole movie's on YouTube, so it's kind of weird. I'll probably skip it. Which was kind of... I'm going to say a little bit about that because I was very excited to see Mazes and Monsters because I didn't know what it was about. I go, oh, Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks back then was... He, I think he had Booze and Buddies, which is a TV show, sitcom he had back then. And I was kind of excited because you know, he was not a well-known actor, but you know he was a little bit more well-known than, than, anybody, than anybody else in the, in, the, in the party that played the game. In the in the movie, but it turned out it was a satanic panic type of movie. You know, don't let your kids play this game called Dungeons and Dragons. So there's there's that publicity. Then there's and then there's a really bad motion picture, Dungeons and Dragons. The movie it was terrible, terrible, terrible. And uh, and there was a B movie that's actually pretty good, better than the movie than the movie, but still not great. And of course, there's Dungeons and Dragons, the TV show. I mean, the cartoon. Saturday morning cartoon. Now I didn't really watch that show for some reason. I don't know. I I don't know why I didn't watch it. You would think I'd be all, in, all into that, but so there's all kinds of factors. Maybe you weren't watching Saturday morning cartoons when it came out. Yeah, I, I might have been. A little, well, I don't know. There's all kinds of factors that make D and D be extremely uh, what is it known to the general audience, to the general public, even people who don't play Dungeons and Dragons, right? Even people who don't play RPGs. Anyone our age or younger, yeah. Right. So the fact that people say, oh, when I say I, I play role playing games and some people might say, oh, you play Dungeons and Dragons. I said, yeah. And I play other things. And I, go, I go, do you know what? You know? And a lot of times, even if they know or heard of Dungeons and Dragons and equate that to an RPG, they may not know what an RPG game is. I mean, some people have some misconceptions about what role playing games are. You know, people do you dress up and you walk around and I go, well, no, that's more like a LARP, which do exist, but that's not uh, just a regular role playing session, right? Not in our house. Yeah, nobody dresses up. I understand this, you know, his position where like, you know, oh, this guy thinks I play Dungeons and Dragons, especially if you don't like playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, but you could just use it as a to explain what you do play. Right. And that and that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking it's a starting point that I can work with or I can work from. That's why. Our friend, who shall rename nameless Michael, <laughs> never wanted anyone to know that he played Dungeons and Dragons because he came from the time when you were seen as a total nerd, right. and it was something that you didn't want people to know, which isn't true for of everybody because some people wore their nerd nerdity proudly. And it was pretty weird because, like, I agree, sort of, but I disagree because in Salinas, where I live, I didn't know. The only reason I knew Mike. Because you know he didn't grow up in my neighborhood. The only reason I knew Mike, there was a, a bulletin board on a, uh, no, I guess that's a bulletin board. Yeah, a bulletin board at a hobby store, and and that's how we met. That he answered that, and and he came to. I don't know who put the bulletin board. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. It was really. probably Felipe. It had to be my brother. I don't know. So anyway, so that's we met through that kind of channel. Not like 
he was wearing, hey, I roll D20s with my games. Or if you don't t-shirt. know what a bulletin board is, <laughs> then I'll explain it. It's a board in a store or somewhere, like a church or something, where people pin things with tacks, little notes to tell you things like what's happening and stuff like that. Now we use the internet, but back then, this is the way it worked. Yeah, it's exactly what bulletin board is. And even back then, I, don't, I never saw anybody who proudly stated or represented that they played D&D at my school. Never. Yeah, but you said that Matt Steele was in Salinas then, right? When you were playing? He was. I think he's from Santa that? Cruz. But he he did go to the Castles of Crusaders Club at Steinbeck Steinbeck Library. But I don't remember him. But he said he showed up and played with Chung, who has a different name now. Steven, I think, is his real name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird. It's, so there were other people. Those other people playing. Okay, in those in that group in in that setting, I did know those people played, but I didn't know where they were from. They they went to a different high school, I'm sure, because they I never really interacted with them. I mean, you know, I said hello and stuff like that, but I never played in their game. I never, like, you know, got to know them very well. I stayed with my brother playing on this, on one side of the, of the library meeting room. At first, it was just us, few people, but then a lot of younger players showed up. 11 and 12-year-old boys. Yes. and I was Were there only, any girls? Never a woman. Yeah. Not, no females whatsoever. Not young or old this was way back but i believe matt Steele was playing with women in his home group you know in santa cruz he played i'm sure he played uh he was really attracted to cockathulu so where we're where we're going <laughs> what was that going with this so dnd is really popular and i understand why well but the idea was that we were talking about how michael didn't want people to know that he played right. dnd i see yes yes and and, and it was it was it wasn't like a... In, uh, into his adult life. Yes. It wasn't like a... Uh, what is it? It's not unknown. You know, I was the same way. I didn't want people to know. I wasn't taking my player's handbook to, to school. Or work. Or work. Well, I was well. I did work, but no, I didn't. At work, you know, when I worked, people did work, the older guys, because I, I, I was a teen and I would be working under these uh, employment programs they had in Salinas. For you know, poor children. You know, I played. You know, I played. I worked at the at the community center, and I worked at the parks and recreation department. And most of those guys didn't know I played. But if they asked, you know, oh, what, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons, and they would look at me weird. But I didn't care because they're like they're old dudes, right? You know, I was 14 through 17 or whatever. I did meet Bob, who played. But see, I met him in junior high, and he met, he knew my brother Felipe. He was a Boy Scout. Right. We didn't really. Was it uh, there was advertised that we played Dungeons and Dragons? Back this then. is true, but it still was it was still the most popular role playing game back then. Oh, Unless yeah, Traveler yeah. was yeah, it was. And I there think was Call of Cthulhu. A lot of it had to do with the publicity that it got, either through the Satanic Panic or even the the cartoon. I think the cartoon had a big impact on people. A lot of kids go, "Oh, Dungeons and Dragons," and then it became a a well known name. Well, now is it different than then? Right now, people use Dungeons and Dragons to help kids learn right. and come out of their shell. They use it as a as a therapeutic kind of thing sometimes, <laughs> and uh, along with all kinds of other role playing games. I think that there's, like Saul says, there's no bad publicity. I can't say that this morning, but um, it's just that I think you can use it to explain things. Since if they have a concept of what D and D is, or have read Lord of the Rings, which a lot of people, when you say D and D. That's kind of what true. they think of. Yes. Even though that wasn't the intent. 
of the particular game. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was. In fact, the first D and D campaign. I well, other than my brother's D and D campaign, uh, my our our mutual friend Mark. He ran a, a Middle Earth game using D&D. Well, and then that was one of the things that brought out all kinds of new RPGs and brought all kinds of different things in was when 3rd Edition opened up the the license for other for the Roll20 or whatever. Not Roll20. What do you call it? D20. D20. And yes. Then all kinds of, then all kinds of games had a rule set that they could could use and put their own, their own game to, right? Right. Their homebrew system could usually... You know, whether it included, like, uh, lasers and, and, and light swords and, and pitchforks. Uh, I mean, any, yeah, so so they did came out, they did come out with the Roll20, I mean, the Roll20, the D20, uh, what is it called, what did you call it? Open license? Open gaming license, yes. And I think, yeah, I think that was a pretty bold move. I think, you know, we could probably talk about that all by itself. But that third edition explosion, even though there was a lot of, you know, not so great, books that came out with that d20 you know uh rule set it did cause this huge amount of people to start playing and it expanded the the universe of games of rpgs right right well there already was i mean there was already traveler space opera gamma world yes call of cthulhu yeah the the explosion of of role-playing games was out there but but I think it caused people to be more creative, not more creative, those people being creative. Could have been those people that didn't like D&D. Right. And wanted to have their own kind of thing. Like, right. Like, or they didn't like the setting. That they D&D didn't like has. the setting. Or the certain rules and stuff like that. They wanted to, or the, the people who had their home brew system, you know, really could shoehorn that into this D20 logo and publish it, which is even more important. And have that D20 logo, which meant something to people who were buying or looking at games. So it's pretty popular. And I, and I think that, I forgot about the open gaming license, expanded, just expanded the popularity of D&D itself. Well, and then when I started going to the gaming conventions with you, there were, I mean, there were all kinds of role-playing games. Right. But there weren't a lot of, I mean, there were kids. The kids that were there are now grown when we from when yes. we started going. But there were, weren't a lot of, a lot of, of young people in the early 90s. At the stuff, convention. At the conventions. No. But as they started... You know, as the parents, as they got older, then they would play and bring their friends. And so these yes. people were growing up as gamers, right? Because that's what their parents did. And right. their parents. Our son. Well, yeah. Uh, he he grew up going to conventions, even though Jolene didn't really uh, participate a lot in a lot of games at conventions early on. Uh, mainly because she was watching my son. But even, even when I would take over watching them for a few hours you know a lot of times it was, she would just relax uh and then every once in a while at first you know she was just kind of hanging out but then you started playing games i think a few games here and there it was michael and settlers of Catan. oh yes and ticket to ride and ticket to ride which expanded the uh, gaming conventions it it brought more people in having board games because i mean there were a lot of people just there to play you know role-playing games but board games brought in more people and and I think that that expanded the not only RPGs gaming part right to get more people, but people always complain that we got to get more people into the into the hobby. Well, Critical Role is <laughs> one of those things that now you know some kids that watch like my son everything is on YouTube. They even have news for themselves that teenagers do for each other. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. 
And Augustine watches it, and they it, it's hilarious. I'm like, well, I think nobody could have foretold. Well, some people might have had insight, but like if you told me ten years ago that people would would be watching other people play games, video games, role playing games, whatever, I would have told you you're crazy. I would have said that's ridiculous. And my son would say and that that's what you do. You watch them play, and then you 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 they talk about it as they're playing, and you learn what you're doing from yeah, video my, games. Yeah, my yeah, my our son is like cracking up at whatever. I don't know what antics they're doing on the on the game or in the game that he's watching, but he's watching and he's laughing and and he thinks it's hilarious what's going on. And I'm like, it could have started from that Leroy Jenkins video that you guys used to watch him oh, and laugh at, and then he was like, there has to be more of those out there, right? So Critical Role has brought, even though they're voice actors and um, they did play D and D together, right? That's why they started. I, yeah, doing they, it. they were playing. They actually, they were playing Pathfinder before they started filming their their antics or their their show. And and if you look at the early, uh, what is it, the the first episodes, they were pretty raw. I mean, they were just sitting in front of a camera and playing Dungeons and Dragons and you know the sound wasn't great they didn't have any sets you know they did have three sets of cameras and it was being produced I mean there's no doubt about it they had a sound guy and they had a video person so it was a production so it was costing money to do this but they had uh, to learn as they went right yeah That's- and they were having problems with sound right at the very in the very first episode they start talking and then uh, uh, Matt Mercer's uh, the the dungeon master, his voice like going, and it's get that really tinny voice, and you couldn't understand what he was saying, and they they actually paused and just stopped talking because the sound was it was were, were I think they were technical uh, difficulties. There were technical difficulties, but they were their bandwidth wasn't enough, and, the, and they were being hit by people trying to watch the, the show because they were sh- streaming it on Twitch through Geek and Sundry, I think is the channel that they were using. But as their uh, their viewership went up and they know. had more money to do better production. Right. Well, but then you think about it. So this guy was complaining that, that he wished that they hadn't done D and D. He wished they had done a different game. Traveler but fifth edition had come out right had about just then. Co- just come out. And so they were switching from pathfinder to switch to fifth edition. Right. And fifth edition is a, is a great rule set. It, it combined a lot of the things or it took out some of the things that people didn't like. And it put in more of the, I'm going to say touchy-feely, and you can go with that. Role-playing aspects. aspects, And I say touchy-feely because currently we're playing a Shadowrun campaign, and sometimes there's no touchy-feely. There's just, there's, you have no humanity, these people with all their augmented stuff, and all they want to do is count dice and what they're going to do. So that takes away from the role-playing touchy-feely part. I switch saying yes. But I think that the fact that the combination of things came about, there's a whole... Young young people now that think D and D is it right fifth edition this is what I want to play and I've heard people go they if you if you ask them if they want to play something else they're like I don't know what that would be why would you play something else this is the best thing in the world yes there so is then you have that opportunity to I mean sooner or later they're gonna they're gonna realize there are other games out there and not everybody likes the D and D setting not everybody wants to go hunt hunt a bad orcs or ma- right. mages or they want to explore a different genre right there's there's that there's and they'll run into people who say oh i'm in this game come and see what it's like and then that's how they get hooked on other games and stuff like that right yeah i think i think D is the gateway you know a very popular gateway into role-playing games that people know what it is and 
like I said, like I think I said it, but you know, they were playing Pathfinder and they had just switched to fifth edition. Cause like you said, fifth edition at the time when they, when they started filming this, they were already like fifth or sixth or seventh level. And I didn't realize that until much later. Cause I remember trying to watch it and I didn't, I'm like, okay, this is crazy. So I never watched it because I wouldn't watch it because it's just it's three hours of, of them playing video. I mean, playing uh, RPGs. So I did start listening to it just like last year when all my podcasts, I had caught up to all my podcasts that I would listen to. And I didn't have anything to listen to over you know, my long nights at, overnight at work. So I put in Critical Role and I start at the very beginning. And he's like, oh, this show sucks. And, I, and I'm like, and I got over the, the bad sound and stuff. But then, you know, it was just something I could listen to. And their podcast is three hours long. So easy, I could kill half the night, listen to these guys. And it was pretty good. I mean, they're pretty good at what they do. They have a, they're, they're professional voice actors. So they, you know, every character has their own voice and their own accent and all this other stuff. They really play up the dramatic you know uh the dramatic effect of, of of the game so so i understand why people listen to them and people watch them but i don't, I don't think i could have foresaw how much influence. how popular yeah. they had how much popular and influence you know they you know they, they they put out a call for kickstarter to animate their their first adventure and they raised 12 million dollars right you know that's that's not a huge budget for uh video production but it's pretty damn big for like making a movie I mean, there's people on on Kickstarter to try to make movies and don't even raise five million dollars. I don't think you can make a movie for five million dollars. I think you need more. Well, some people do, you know, like a low budget <laughs> type of movie. But they wanted a nice animated series, so I think they were shooting for seven hundred fifty thousand for one or two episodes. Obviously, you know, gamers like to spend their money on things <laughs> that. I know people were spending a lot of money because, like, you know, if you look at their. At their stats, they were paying, you know, I don't know what the average amount that was being donated or kickstarted, but it was like, you know, people were donating like hundreds of dollars. But anyway, so that just tells you that Critical Role and D&D converged in that moment. And then a little bit after that, uh, both pop, both things exploded, right? Critical Role's ratings went sky high. They left the, the channel they were on and became their own entity. You know, Critical Role is now their <clears throat> own company. And D&D 5th Edition is huge, right? It's, it's a behemoth on online role-playing games. It's it's selling. It was outselling Pathfinder. Well, Pathfinder is right behind it. Yeah. and Which and, is interesting. So so if you don't like the D&D genre, then, but it's one of the most popular ones, right? Between D&D and Pathfinder, that's a lot of the people that play. Yes. And then... I mean, then you got your space games, you got Star Wars, you got your genre games, yes. all kinds of different things. Call so. of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu is huge. So, I mean, and then there's all kinds of stuff, right? Yes. So even if, uh, so you shouldn't look at it as, oh, I wish they wouldn't have done that. You should look at it as this is an opportunity for me to, to expand your universe and tell you that there's more than just D&D. Right. And that's how I, t that's how I look at it. I look, like I said, I look at it as a starting point. To have that conversation. And I guarantee you there's more than D&D. I've got thousands of books in you this know, house. Not thousands. <laughs> not RPG books. Pretty close. No, no. If I counted them, there would be more than 500 of them in there. I don't know about that. But there's quite. I do have quite a few different role-playing games. And most of them are not D&D. And most of them are not D&D, yes. Whether yes. they've been opened or not and played is another question. But he tries. 
I've, I've been trying, yes. And I played, I played actually in the last couple of years, I played quite a few new games that I had not played before or had the opportunity to play, run, run or play. So that's good. I'm really happy about that. D&D, the ambassador game of RPGs. Uh, I you know for 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 good or bad, however people look out, how, how whether you like Dungeons and Dragons or don't like Dungeons and Dragons. So D and D is for people who who don't like D and D. Unfortunately, it is the most well known RPG out there. But I I don't look at it as a bad thing. I think it's a good starting point to have that conversation about about not only D and Dungeons and Dragons but what role playing games are, and that there are other role playing games. That, that if you have an interest in anything, be it horror or even you know, romantic novels or... Uh, Clowns. It? No, no. <laughs> no, I was going to say like mystery novels. Y'all know how you like mystery uh, shows and mystery novels. and Or anything under the sun, there is a role-playing game out there for your interest. I don't look at it as a bad thing. I think it's positive. I think it's a great starting point to have any kind of conversation about role-playing games at least you're talking about role-playing games to somebody you know somebody approach oh i heard you play dungeon dragon i go yes or i heard yeah well yeah i play or you mentioned oh i play role-playing games oh dungeon dragons yes and or no i don't actually play D. I play whatever yes call of cthulhu call of cthulhu and then they're gonna really be puzzled about that one <laughs> unless they're horror fans right but but like i said it's a starting place where you could we can begin that conversation and I explain people what role playing game is, and I, you know, just like I do with board games. No, I don't play Monopoly. You know, and then you go from there. So whether you think it's a, is a bad or good game, I think it is a good conversation starter, and because it's so well known, I think it's a good thing for role playing games. There you go. There it is. Thank you for listening to Gaming Perspectives with Saul, Angeline. Have a good day. 